You're listening to Spark Hustle Flow, the podcast that teaches money pros to launch, grow, and yes, even scale your virtual financial service business. And I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and get started. Hey guys, welcome to episode 31 of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. My very special guest this week is Denitris Farrell, otherwise known as Coach Denny. And this week, we're talking about how to identify and understand your strengths to help you on the journey to becoming a bookkeeper CEO. So often, entrepreneurs spend a lot of time thinking about and trying to fix the areas where they may have some weaknesses. But according to the Clifton Strengths Assessment, which is an assessment that measures 34 different profile sets and prioritizes them to help you discover what you do best, we can actually make more progress and have so much more impact when we focus on applying our strengths to situations we face every single day. Your distinct profile set, also known as your talent DNA, identifies where you're strongest what you naturally do best, and how to use these insights to help you reach your full potential. These profiles are spread across four themes or domains to give you an idea of how you lead. The four leadership domains are executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. And Coach Denny and I actually share insights into our own strengths and leadership domains throughout the episode. As an executive career coach, Coach Denny is also a certified Clifton Strengths coach who leverages a brain-based coaching philosophy with a strengths-based and strategic approach to help career executives and entrepreneurs create powerful goals and accelerate their paths to success. The topics we cover in this episode are so powerful and they're necessary to understand if you want to shorten your journey to bookkeeper CEO. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee or tea and a notebook and listen in while I talk to Coach Denny about how to use your strengths to become a bookkeeper CEO. Hi, Denitris. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Coach Denny <laughs> up in this house. I love it. Yay. I've been in here. I've been so excited about this conversation. Me too. I am, I am super, super happy that you are here. So when we started um, this episode, we shared with our audience um, a little bit about your background, but I definitely want you to tell us about yourself and um, in your own words. Tell us who you serve, how you serve, and maybe how you how you started down this road. Yeah, absolutely. So I am an executive leadership career coach, as well as a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. And um, I really am, it's all about empowering people to dream their biggest dream. I work mostly with women and minorities, who are ready to stop feeling stuck, break free of uh, environments that hold them back, that feel oppressive, that don't allow them to just really stretch and dream um, and be authentic. 
so I work with them to really live life by design and not default and stop settling for the definition of success that everyone else told us uh, would make us happy. And then, of course, I can't do this work on one side without addressing the, the spaces that they're going to operate in. And so on the DEI side, I work with organizations to really dismantle those, those systems of oppression, those barriers to equity, so that you know, this talent can show up and thrive and bring their whole selves to, to their organizations and really start to leverage their careers to build out the lives they want as opposed to sort of the other way which is the way a lot of us tend to tend to think about things career first and life second um and i started thinking about well, i started coaching part of an internal cohort um, when i was back in corporate um and it was all about helping new managers ramp up and executives lead when they were making large transitions and when I found myself burnt out and feeling stuck and I and I got really quiet and understood what my assignment was um and it it became really clear that my assignment was to help others sort of like a freedom fighter free you from the oppression dare you to dream bigger and that's what really lit me up. And so I hung my shingle and started down this path. And strengths comes in actually what we're talking about today. I'd taken the assessment so many times and it resonated, but you know, you take the assessment, you read it, that sounds cool. You put it away and then you go about your business and you do things the same mm -hmm. way you've been doing them before. Um, but when you're a business owner, you have to be every department. <laughs> And getting, you have to spend some time getting really, really clear and personal with who you are. Um, and so as a, a part of this process, Lord, <laughs> as it's a part okay. of this process. Love the babies. Um, <laughs> yes, he's a mess. Um, as a part of this process, I spent some time really digging into my strengths results. And I, once I finally understood them, it was so transformative. Mm -hmm. And I realized without even knowing it, that the things that I didn't like doing, the things that stressed me out about my business were the things that sort of weren't in my zone of genius. And that I had sort of inadvertently built a business around my top five strengths and, um, and began to lean into that. And that made things so much easier as I moved forward. And I wanted to be able to do that for other people. And so I decided to get certified um, via Gallup's Clifton Strengths. I love that. I love that. And so you, even, even in your intro, there were so many little nuggets, nuances that I picked up on. And and I definitely want to circle back and, and touch on those points. But before I do, help us understand. You mentioned that you you got certified through Gallup Strength, uh, Clifton Strengths Finder, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it Gallup Clifton Strengths? It's Gallup's Clifton Strengths. It used to be Clifton Strengths Finders, and they switched it to Clifton Strengths. That's when, yeah, I think I bought the book many, many years ago and, and first took the assessment that you mentioned. And I think it was the Strengths Finder um, assessment back then. And so how do you support your clients um, in, in what you do as a certified, you know, strengths coach? I support clients a couple of ways. So primarily I help them to one, understand themselves, understand what they do best and how they can really accomplish their goals with ease and alignment. Mm -hmm. 
and Mm -hmm. stop doing things the hard way. Stop Mm -hmm. doing things the way that we think we're supposed to do it, the way that we've seen others do it. um, And instead lean into the way that plays to plays to our strengths instead. And so in addition to that, um, I help clients, I I work with teams as well. And so I help Mm -hmm. them understand first, you got to understand yourself, but then next, when you're working in, in a team environment, how do you understand your other, your other teammates, right? How do I understand what you're great at so that we can play off of each other because strengths works well in pairs and in groups. And I work with managers to understand your team because you can't manage everyone the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's not going to accomplish things, accomplish goals, even the same exact tasks. They're not going to get after it in the same exact way. And so how do you understand the strengths of the members of your team, both individually and then collectively so that you guys can optimize your performance. You know, it's, it's so interesting that you say that because I was thinking about the difference between the corporate space and the entrepreneurial space, especially when it comes to strengths and working with teams. And, you know, a lot of our clients, a lot of, um, and in our audience, you have a lot of solopreneurs, right? And so people might be thinking to themselves, well, why do I need to know what my strengths are if I don't have a team, right? Is it, it could, is it helpful for me at all to understand what, what my specific strength themes are and, and how they play a role in my day-to-day business, right? And so um, I'd love to talk about that a little bit, kind of the different nuances between the corporate space and uh, being a solopreneur or a very small business, maybe as you and one other person, um, you know, talk to me about that a little bit. Is there a big difference in how it really kind of manifests or shows up, please? It's not a difference in how it shows up in in the various spaces, but there, there's a difference in the intensity of it, right? It mm-hmm. is more important for a solopreneur to really understand and stay in their strengths than when you're in a corporate space. Because in a corporate space, you have, you've got the HR department, you've got accounting, you've got you know, marketing and sales, you've got every single department. You don't have to wear every hat. You don't mm-hmm. have to design the product, market the product, sell the product, package the product, ship the product. You don't have to do all of those things. But when you're when you're in business by yourself, you have to wear all of those hats and you can find yourself spinning, trying mm-hmm. to do the things that you see everyone else do. Um, and, I, and it's always easy to give an example. And so I think about myself, the first six months of my business, I spent just really spinning in my head, you know, planning out what I thought I wanted to do, but then getting stuck thinking about, oh, well, I have to write this type of social media content and the graphic has to be perfect. And I've got to have these systems in place and I've got to go live and do these videos and do all of these things. And not everything out that I was faced came with resistance, but a lot of it was, I was resistant to, and I was wondering like, why this, this isn't rocket science. Why is it taking me so long to get these things done? Why, when it comes to social media content, I'm sitting here for days, it seems looking at like a blank screen and still don't have content to to share. Mm -hmm. And when I finally like sat still and like dug into my strengths, it's because execution is not anywhere near in my top 10. I'm a planner. I'm a dreamer. I, I am, I came out of corporate managing a a full team. I'm used to having the vision, developing the plan, 
rallying the troops and sending them off to go deliver while I go come up with another vision, another great idea. That's, that's me playing to my strengths. And so as a, as a solopreneur, I had to do two things. I had to say of these things that just aren't in my zone of genius, what still has to get done and what can wait. The stuff that can wait, I sat it aside. The stuff that still has to get done, I said, what has to get done by me and what can I outsource? Where can I find mm-hmm. the expert? Those are the first, the first person I hired was a VA to help work on social media content. The next person I hired was a social media manager to help with my Instagram and Facebook content. The next contractor I hired was another person to help with my LinkedIn content. Everybody that I've hired, all the contractors have all been around getting the message out there because that was what was taking so much time and energy. And it kept me, it kept me from doing the things that I needed to be doing. It kept me from reaching out to clients. It kept me from actually booking business because I was worried about the graphic that was going to go on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I, I play. I've struggled with that too. And, and you and I will talk, we can talk about this in a bit, but you and I actually sat down and we talked about my strengths and we had a session and it was phenomenal. And, um, but I, I've struggled with the same things too, because, you know, you mentioned execution is, is not your strength, right? And so my struggle has always been to understand what's the difference between a strengths theme and a skill set. And here I am saying, I'm just, I don't have that skill. I don't know how to do that or thinking that that was why I was struggling when it probably, that wasn't the answer. It was more of, am I an influencer or am I an ex, you know, somebody who executes well, right? And I think when we were sitting down looking at it, I, I don't have execution. I think I have like two in my top 10 or something um, execution type themes. And, that, and, and so that was such a light bulb moment that it wasn't about, can I do this? Because let me tell you, when I look at my Canva, you couldn't tell me that I'm not a graphic designer, right? Which, which is, right. I can I can do it, but it still is a hassle for me because I'm, I don't have that execution theme and it just, it's more like, it takes so long. It's like pulling teeth and it's not fun, (laughs) you know, necessarily. And so, yeah, I totally, totally get that. But can you help us understand better the difference really between skill set and strengths, like the themes? Yes. Yes. Okay. So a couple of things. One, if you've ever taken um, the Clifton Strengths Assessment and gotten your full report, it's 34 talents, rank ordered. They are not ranked ordered by your strengths down to your weaknesses. They're rank ordered based on how often they show up for you. How often are you leveraging these? Which then says, it's not that you can't do, you can't pull on the talents that are ranked lower. It's just that it takes more out of you. It's more frustrating. It doesn't come with as much ease. And so I love, I love execution, sort of that, that grouping, that theme as, as one to talk about, because if you don't have execution in the top, it doesn't mean that you can't execute because none Mm -hmm. of us can be successful if we can't execute. 
it's impossible to get it's impossible to get promoted to the level of manager if you've never been able to execute as mm-hmm. a, uh, an employee. And so we've all found some workarounds. Now, the magic of, of strengths is that your workaround should be you leveraging what you are strong at to get things done. Okay. But what often happens when you don't know your strengths, you try to build a skill set to do it in the way that you think you're supposed to do it. For example, when I was working in finance, I was responsible for, you know, performance reporting for really large, large hundreds of millions of dollars of contracts. And so Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm calculating their returns on all of their accounts and all of these things. And so execution, not my strength, didn't know it at the time, but in order for me to make sure that I stayed on top of everything, you know, I would print out 200 page reports, pull my pencil out and have to go line by line. Did this, did this transpose? Is this correct? Is this, mm-hmm. I had to put processes in place to make sure that I was getting things done. I had to really be intentional with my scheduling and deadlines and who was giving me information so that I could mm-hmm. meet the timeline that I had to meet. I had to break it up into small chunks so that it didn't feel overwhelming and I didn't get lost in the deliverable. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but that's how I had to get it done. And if I try to do it another way, it's just even more stressful for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to do it somebody else's way. Somebody else can tell me why well, I do it like this. And that sounds good, but that's not how I work. And as a, as a solopreneur, what came up for me when we talked about, you know, um, social media content, I would always stall. Like literally when I tell you, I'm looking at a blank screen for days, I can Mm -hmm. have my calendar blocked off for two days straight. We're going to do our calendar for the, for the next month, social media content. And I would have one post written in those two days and I'd get distracted and go do this and go do that and never finish. And when I finally sat down and said, okay, what does work for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, influencing is, is sort of high and strategic thinking is high. I talk things through. I'm not the writer. I, that I communicate by talking, not necessarily by writing. And so I can write. It just takes a lot more time and energy. So the mm-hmm. first thing I did is I started just recording myself talking. Before I even, before I even made my first hire, I just recorded myself talking and then transcribed that and then started pulling out nuggets from a conversation I was having with myself. And I was like, oh, this worked. So I have to tell you this, like, so just last night, I I don't know when this is actually going to go live, but as of the time of this recording, (laughs) last night, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about scripting a an episode, right? One of my solo episodes for the podcast. And it was taking me forever. And she just casually said, are you dictating it or are you typing it? Because she knows that I too am that strategic thinker and that I talk, you know, and, and, and that's where she, she was sharing with me that she was like, you don't even realize that the, the jewels that you drop sometimes, like when you're in flow. And mm-hmm. of course, I don't see it, right? But when she asked, she said, are you typing it or are you dictating it into like Google Docs or something? And I was like, I'm typing it. And she was like, that's why it's taking you so long. 
She was like, you don't think with your fingers. She said, you think as you're speaking. But I, I pushed back. I did. I said to her, oh, no, I can't do it that way. Like, because like you said, I've trained myself to do it the way that I think it's supposed to be done. Right. So I know I'm not working. I'm not playing to my strengths when I'm doing that, but it's still a struggle for me because I'm, I'm a bit older than you. I've been, I've been training myself longer. It's, and it's going to be harder for me to break the habit is the idea that I had. Um, But I totally understand what you're saying, because when I look at my social media calendar, I don't have the problem necessarily with the white page. It's more so I'll have this grand plan because I'm this planner, right? And I'll change it constantly because to me, it doesn't fit what I want to see in the end. And so I have, it's not a blank page. It's just a page with a lot of changes and things that have been crossed off. And so I don't get anywhere, right? And so that's the struggle that I had um, with it and why I need to do what you did and, and hire <laughs> hire me some folks that can actually help get this work done and just, you know, take it off my plate, right? Yeah, yeah. It's either you find the way that you can do it or you find someone to take it off. I even think about like, you know, in in corporate, if I had to do a presentation or in college, if I had to write a book, you know, um, futuristic is my number one, uh, we share that. And so, um, I I'm a bit of a dreamer Mm -hmm. and because when I'm awake, I'm always thinking and strategizing and, and, and coming up with the best route. There's always so much happening in my mind. The creativity comes for me and the clarity comes for me when my mind is at rest. And so for so long, for so long, I thought I might be lazy. Mm. And I remember, I remember when I was, when I was deciding or contemplating leaving corporate, I started therapy and I walked into my therapist's office and I said, I'm lazy and I need to work on that. And she looked at me and she smirked and she giggled and she said, why do you think that? And I started telling her all the things. Very therapist-like. Yeah, yeah. I started telling her all the things and why I feel like I'm lazy. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing all the dishes and I'm not cleaning up and I'm not cooking all the time. And I don't want to go to the gym and all these things. And she says, well, what else are you doing? What are you doing when you're not doing that? Tell me about your day. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about this and I'm working on this. I'm managing this. I'm handling this. I'm, you know, this is what's going on in the background. I'm planning this. And she said, you're not lazy. You're tired. Mm. (laughs) And I I never had it framed that way because Mm -hmm. everyone else looking in parents, spouse, right? Everyone looking at me is saying, you're not moving. You're not doing the things. You're not executing as I would. Mm -hmm. So it must be, you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And at the the same time, I'm like, you're not thinking I'm making all of these decisions. You're not having, you're not, you're not going through all of these all these iterations and possibilities and weighing Mm -hmm. the pros and cons and, and coming up with the right path forward and planning what we do with this and that. And the third, I'm doing all of that and not recognizing that that amount of labor was just as intensive. Absolutely. As the, as the physical labor. Absolutely. But it's hard for those people who are physically active or have to move around, just move around Mm -hmm. a lot within their their day-to-day, it's hard for them to understand how someone who is not moving, 
visibly, like Mm -hmm. physically, it's hard for them to understand how you could be exhausted. Right. Right. Right? Exhausted. Just the, the mental capacity that it takes to plan and consider, right. And change things is tremendous. And so, you know, I have people in my, in my life too, that are very similar, right. You know, my guy friend is a blue collar guy. Mm-hmm. He works outside every day. And we have always had these conversations that there's no way that I could feel as tired as he does at the end of the day. And, and I'm just like, wait, huh? I swear. Cause I, right? I don't know how. <laughs> Exactly. Then, because I need to go lay down somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you've said this. You've you've used this term a couple of times during our conversation, and I really want to talk about it. I know where it comes from, but I definitely want to dig into it. So you've said zone of genius Mm. a couple of times, and I know where that comes from. But let's talk about the different zones. So. Therefore, right? Mm-hmm. Zone of incompetence, mm-hmm. zone of competence, mm-hmm. zone of excellence, excellence, and zone of genius, mm-hmm. right? Where does that come from? And how does that is that about playing to your strengths, or is it is it a hybrid of something of that and something else? Or yeah, let's talk to me about that. Yeah. So I, I, you know, the, the terminology has been floating around. Um, and then I finally read Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I can attribute it to him. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, then he, that's when he really explained it and broke it down so that I understood it all four quadrants very well. And I think the reason or the way that it plays into strength specifically is here's the thing. Most of us are smart enough to get good at almost everything, right? You can get good enough. You can get get good enough to be dangerous Mm -hmm. at a lot of things. And that's how we end up in jobs we hate because we we said yes to it because we could do it. Someone asked to do it and they're willing to pay us to do it. And so we're like, ah, well, I'll go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. No regard Mm -hmm. to what I want to do, what I would love to do, what I'm probably the best at doing. And so a lot of us, are, are, are playing and in like that field between zone of confidence and zone of excellence, you cannot, you cannot, you have no chance of getting to your zone of genius unless you are playing to your strengths. Uh-huh. In my opinion, it's just not uh-huh. possible because there are, there are too many hurdles going against you. If you're not playing to your strengths to get to that to that zone, that zone where it's just pure flow. Like no one else can do this the way that I do it. Mm-hmm. No one mm-hmm. else can, no one else can make this magic happen the way that I make it happen. I don't even know how I'm doing. I'm such, it, the flow is just so smooth right there that, you know, we started here and now we're here and I couldn't even tell you how we got there, but we're there. Right. Like, what yeah. did I just say? Did somebody record that? <laughs> like- yes. That's why I record <laughs> all of my coaching calls mm-hmm. because I don't, don't get me to flow when it's talking. And mm-hmm. then you say, well, Denny, what did you just say? I don't know, but we can go back. What time? We had, we had 41 <laughs> minutes in. We can go back and listen to that because I mm-hmm. promise you, I don't remember what I just said or mm-hmm. where it came from, but you just get into, into flow. And so that's the goal. If mm-hmm. everyone just focuses on getting to your zone of genius, you can find ways to make up for the other stuff. 
Right. You can find right. ways to compensate for the other stuff, either by outsourcing it, mm-hmm. either by leaning into a talent that you're better at already to get it done. You can find ways to do it. But if you don't spend time really honing in on what you're, what you're naturally t- talented at, then you can never get to your zone of genius. And that would be a travesty. It's like if you never spend the time exploring what you were put on this earth to do, mm-hmm. you risk leaving earth not doing it. If you right. never define success for yourself, I almost guarantee you anybody else that's measured, set the measuring stick for you, they've placed it too low. Mm-hmm. I almost guarantee it. Even our, our parents, the, the folks who have the best intentions for us, I guarantee that they have placed the measuring stick too low. I'm, ask, I'm actually contemplating, I've been playing with this phrase for a little bit and I'm thinking about like doing a series on it because we see, especially around Black History Month, everyone um, has the phrase, you know, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, I get the, I get the, you know, the, the warm fuzzies when I see the fair, when I see the phrase and I want to agree, but I don't. Hmm. Talk to I me about that. Agree because our ancestors could not imagine this. They didn't see this coming. Our, our ancestors could not. I am the embodiment of something far beyond my mama's wildest dream, let alone Mm -hmm. my grandmama and her mama and her mama. My Mm -hmm. ancestors didn't see this for me. And so if we are playing so, and I'm not saying small because they had high ambitions for us, but it was based on, it was based on what they could see and where their current circumstances, right? Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't imagine this. Wow. And so if I'm okay with just being their wildest dreams, and I say just, I, I don't mean any disrespect, right? When I say just, mm-hmm. but if I'm okay with just being their wildest dreams, then I'm going to settle at something beneath my potential. Right. Because the environment, the climate has changed exponentially. So drastically. So drastically. They couldn't imagine this. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. Oh, and, and and we keep we keep rooting ourselves to uh, to the past. We keep rooting ourselves to other people's definitions and other people's expectations of you. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we hit like forty, mm-hmm. usually 38, 55, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range, is where we're like, oh, I've arrived mm-hmm. and now I'm miserable. Well, I don't want folks to wait until you forty, right? If or I you're thinking to yourself, I'm running out of time now. I'm running like, out of there's... time now. There has to be more for me. I feel like I wasted time. I didn't do what I was supposed to be doing. I'd mm-hmm. like to talk to you when you're 16, 17, 18 and tell you that, yes, mama said do this and do that and do that. And we want to check those boxes. But tune mama out for just a second. No disrespect, mama, but tune her out for a second. And imagine for yourself, what's your biggest, scariest, boldest dream? And then go talk to some more people, go see some more things, go read some more books, go explore, because I bet you that first dream is still too small. It's still beneath your potential. Wow. It's still beneath your potential because it's like your vision is nearsighted. You're, you can only see what you're exposed to. And mm-hmm. the way that you cure nearsightedness is you get more access and more exposure so that now you've, 
you're expanding what you can see that those are the corrective lenses for it. So Mm -hmm. until you do that, you can't imagine there's some folks who's just their imagination is like ridiculous. They probably heuristic too, but for most of us, Mm -hmm. but for most of us, I mean, a person who decided for the first time that he wanted to go fly to the moon, like, I don't know what was going on for him to even imagine that being a possibility. Mm -hmm. Like that's the type of big, ridiculous, unheard of dreams dreams that we have to have to really challenge us to possibly meet our potential. That's incredible. And and it it brings up so many thoughts that I will not go down this rabbit hole (laughs) with you today. But it's when I think of my target client, uh, bookkeepers, for instance, mm-hmm. so many things that we talk about a lot revolves around the evolution of bookkeepers. And it speaks so much to what you just said about living up to the expectations that other people have of us, right? Based on kind of just what is familiar. And I believe that there's something so much bigger waiting for bookkeepers, but we've got to believe it first. We've got to see it first. We've got to allow ourselves to dream bigger than let's just go take a a low paying job and work 45 hours for the rest of our lives, Mm -hmm. 45 hours a week. And and that's what we have to look forward to. Um, You know, I train bookkeepers that we can build multi six figure plus businesses versus building a business that just helps to pay the bills. Right. One of the things you said when we first started talking today was living by design and not by default. Right. Like we can, we even as bookkeepers and I don't, again, not to be offensive or insulting to anyone or minimizing, but even as bookkeepers, we can dream big too, right? It's the same thing when you think about different cultures and the, the, the challenges that we have had as, as people and women of color, right? It's the same thing. We have to broaden and expand what we expect from ourselves. And until we do that and learn to play to our strengths and work it within our strengths yeah. versus let me fix what's wrong with me, Right. And not focusing on all of the things that we think are wrong with us. Only then can we evolve and and get to the next level. Right. And so um, I think everything you just said was on point and powerful. And I was about to say something that would get me the explicit tag. So I'll just I'll hold on to that. But here's what we're going to do right now. Here's, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Let's let's play a quick game of rapid fire and lighten it up a little bit. And then we'll right. come back and we'll start wrapping up because it, it's just been so, so amazing. And if you let me, I'll have you on here for two hours and then I, I'll have to figure out how we're going to get that um, <laughs> on our iTunes or whatever. But really quick, let's do a quick game of this or that. And it is the fall edition. No thought. First thing that comes to your mind. OK, mm-hmm. deal. All yeah. right, let's go. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice lattes or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Okay. Outside fire pits or indoor fireplaces? Indoor fireplace. Love it. Soup or chili? Oh, soup. No, chili. I don't know. <laughs> See, I knew it. It's always, it's always one that gets somebody. Okay. Scary movies or haunted houses? Neither. 
Neither one. Okay, homemade cookies or homemade bread? Cookies. Sweaters or turtlenecks? Sweaters. Thanksgiving or Halloween? Thanksgiving. Apple pie or sweet potato pie? Ooh, sweet potato. I didn't say pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie. I did you right. You already knew the answer. <laughs> I already know the answer. Uh, <laughs> Friday night football or Friday night date night? Date night. Candy apples or caramel apples? Ooh, ah. <laughs> difference. Caramel, maybe. Okay. Okay, here's what's funny. I'm going to throw another one in there because you just did. You just said something. I said caramel apples. <laughs> you said caramel, caramel apples. <laughs> and I, I heard caramel I was like yeah no that's not right <laughs> and we're from the same neck of the woods we're both from like the northeast but we both say it differently now I say I say water do you say water or water 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 you say water okay all right we're on the same page on that but you say caramel I say caramel, caramel. yeah <laughs> that's funny thank you so much for playing Absolutely. I, I always have a lot of fun playing that. So um, I appreciate it. So let me ask you this. So once you take the assessment and there's so many different assessments, right? Mm-hmm. right? Clifton Strands, Myers-Briggs, mm-hmm. DISC, mm-hmm. Kobe, like I could probably go on and on and on. Um, but once you take the Strengths Finder assessment specifically, and you realize that not only have you not been playing or, or working to your strengths or letting your, your strength themes help you, you, prob- you may have been focused on, like I said before, fixing your weaknesses, right? Like, but once you know what your strength themes are and maybe even sit down with somebody like Coach Denny, how long does it typically take to start to see progress or as you start making little tweaks and adjustments, how long does it typically take to start to either get used to it or create a new habit or how does that work? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a, there might be a study out there that has the actual, but I think it's somewhat immediately like, you know, in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, maybe a month tops, you're going to see a difference just in how you feel about going about things, right? How Mm -hmm. just the, the, like your shoulders going to relax a little bit. You're going to be able to breathe a little bit easier. The tension in your head is going to, you know, ease up a little bit as you're trying to get things done because you, you've been, you have been using these talents. That's why they show up. That's why they show up in the order they show up. You've been using, you use them all the time. The, The real thing is, you need to know, are you using them to help you or are you using them to hold you back? Because it's not even so much, uh, you know, strengths versus weaknesses, because your t- that list of talents, those are neutral. It's mm. not which it's mm. not number one is your best one. And number 34 is the, you know, the worst one. Mm-hmm. Number one can hurt you too if you don't use it right. Like I'm me futuristic. Interesting. If I don't if I don't say, okay, here's my vision for the future, but I'm right here and here's what it takes me to get to there, then that can hurt me. Mm-hmm. If I'm always head, always in the clouds and never willing to come back to the present, then then that strength is actually hindering me. So mm-hmm. they used to say balconies and basements, and now they they didn't translate internationally. So now Gallup says help or hinder. The, the talents are neutral. They can help you or they can hinder you. And so once you recognize, okay, this is the talent, 
This is what it means. This is how it shows up for me. This is how it's shown up for me in the past, right? You start to reflect on when you were a kid. I think I always think about significance, which is my number three. Um, and we share so five. many of our top five. <laughs> yeah, I always think back to how that showed up for me when I was in high school. And my best friends would say, and they call me by my middle name and say, Tasha, you were annoying. You were so obnoxious in high school because significance, like, you know, being front and center, not afraid to be the one to speak up, wanting to have like having big, bold, giant dreams and wanting to have impact, right? For me in high school, that showed up in a very, it was in, in a hindering way. I would, you know, mm-hmm. be in class with my hands raised and say, you guys can put your hands down. Y'all know I know the answer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm joking a little bit. I did a little bit, a little bit joking, not really trying to be not really showing, throwing shade, but just being, you know, Mm -hmm. know, your little obnoxious, but fun, obnoxious self. That's what I'm thinking. But they might be Mm -hmm. taking it offensively. Like, who does she think she is? And it could be damaging to those relationships. Right. 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 And so it's damaging. And so now that I understand what significance is and I Mm understand, it's almost like this is, it's an assignment. I am, I am on a mission. There is an assignment. I am not seeking center stage just for my ego's sake. Mm-hmm, but because mm-hmm. if I have to step up in order to bring us along, in order to have the impact that I'm supposed to have, then so be it. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I have to be front and center for that to happen, so be it. Also, if I did it, then tell me that I did. Like, that's still important to me. I'm not even mm-hmm. going to say that that's not. But it, the way I, I recognize how it showed up before and how it shows up now, and I can, and I can make sure that I'm mindful Mm-hmm. I'm mindful of how I use it. I'm mindful of how I let it show up. I'm mindful of when it shows up. Otherwise, it can hold me back. It can be the thing that it can be. Oh, well, we don't want to work with her. She's too arrogant. Mm. We don't want that. I want you to feel the conviction that I have for the cause that I'm working for. I love that. And and I was thinking, like, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is how do you use your strengths, especially as as money pros, right? Because obviously that's our audience. But this, um, especially as money pros, but how do you use your strengths or understand your strengths in a way that better allows you to serve your clients? And what mm-hmm. you just said was powerful. Like, you don't want to show up as arrogant, right? Because you don't want people thinking of you in a negative way. And so it is so important to really understand those helps or hindrances, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm futuristic, like you, significance is Mm -hmm. one of my top five too, but if I'm futuristic and my head is always 10, 15 years ahead and my client is somebody who's different, we could be speaking two totally different languages, right? In terms of how we're we're reviewing the 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 performance, your financial performance, and all of those kinds of things. And so, it's so important to understand how you show up, right? When it when you're working with clients, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it's it's incredibly important to have somebody like you in 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 your corner, right? Because working with a coach that can help you identify these things, right. And give you um, exercises and opportunities to, you know, be more mindful 
right? And, and, and keep it top of mind. So when we do sit down and talk, we can talk about some very specific things and how, you know, things really played out. I think that that's why it's so important to work with a coach like yourself. I know you do the executive coaching and the leadership coaching and the DEI stuff, but that strength stuff, that's, that's powerful. powerful. It's, yeah. It's so powerful. And, and, it, and it, the results are really fast. You know, I don't, I don't have to work with you for six months to get you a great return on a conversation about your strengths. You might want a refresher here and there, but we don't have to have a long engagement to, to really get you to understand your strengths and how you leverage that for your business. So you think about, you know, dreaming bigger for, for bookkeepers, right? The reason why you have this huge vision of what's possible for bookkeepers is because futuristic is at the top for you. It's because mm-hmm. significance is at the top for you. And, you. and the reason why you know how to do it, like it's because of your strengths, right? You're seeing, okay, well, I believe that there's a place for us, you know, in these multiple six-figure, you know, uh, business roles, right? I know that we can do that. And here's what I think it's going to take. And here's how I'm going to, uh, you know, gallivant and get you all excited about it so that you can come along the journey. Like you're leaning into your strengths without even having fully understood them. You know what it takes, right? That's how you do it. Even a bookkeeper is going to say, so if you've got futuristic and you're looking at with me and my books and I'm like super, you know, even maybe I've got context and I'm, I'm heavy in the past or I'm, you know, really like dead set in the present, right? You are the one that's going to tell me what I've done and what I'm currently doing and what that can mean. And what, if I do Mm -hmm. this, that positions me for this in two years, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm not even thinking about two years. I'm just trying to, you know, keep the lights on. But if you say, you know, well, Denny, if you do these two things right now, now you're prepared for this in two years, or you're prepared for this in three years, or, you know, maybe you have contacts and you can say, well, here's what happened in the past and how that relates to what's going on right now. Like there is more value that bookkeepers can add, especially for a solopreneur, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for a solopreneur, because we, we, we're not, unless, unless we are super well-established in multiple six figures, right? We're not in a position where we can have a fractional CFO on staff. Mm-hmm. Right. We Correct. likely are engaging a tax professional and maybe a bookkeeper or we maybe a bookkeeper. Our books ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when we engage a bookkeeper, we are looking for someone to bring all of your experience to the table. And if you can bring it together at a cost that's not quite CFO level, but if whatever it ends up being that that we can that we can stomach and we can pull off then you're, you are invaluable. You are, in, you are an invaluable partner to mm-hmm. our business. If you can look and say, you know what, Denny, um, I've been doing your books for three months now. And what I'm seeing is that you're spending too much money or that this, this category is too heavy mm-hmm. or that, you know, you're at the point now where maybe you need to consider, you know, filing this way as opposed to this way, right? Sure. If you're giving me that type of insight, even if you say, you know, I'm not a CPA, I can't tell you exactly what to do, but bring this up to your CPA or bring this up mm-hmm. to your tax mm-hmm. person, right? That now, like, I'm like, okay, because I wasn't even thinking about that. I didn't even exactly. consider that. I didn't even know about that. Are you tracking this part? Because this is a write-off. Oh, is it? I, did, I didn't even know about that, right? The, the, it's the, the value that you add them. If you're in business, you're in business, one, to make money. We're not nonprofits. 
right? The purpose is the profit. The purpose, the purpose, <laughs> the is, purpose is the profit, right? And Absolutely. To be someone looking at that who understands it to yes. make it make sense. You know, I actually, I have a finance degree and an MBA and it took my bookkeeper to say, I was like, why is it my owners draw a part of my profit loss? I don't see a line item for that. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. said, no. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, mm-hmm. All this time, I've been saying my profit is what I can take. Mm-hmm. No, my profit and my the business is supposed to have its own profit. It is, <laughs> oh. and that's why you need a good bookkeeper. Absolutely, the supposed yeah. to have its own profit. Yes, honey. Yes, it's enough to give the business thirty percent. Let it sit somewhere and do some work. Absolutely, and I take mine. Yes, and it oh. takes a good. It takes a good bookkeeper that has that financial acumen and that skill set, right? That te- those technical understands those technical competencies. Mm-hmm. But I think a great bookkeeper understands the value that they bring to the table when they know what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. They can understand where someone else is strong and how to work those things together and to weave the story that needs to mm-hmm. be told, mm-hmm. right? To, like you said, help galvanize your clients and help them understand the situation, help them understand what can be, and really help them understand, like what you were saying, context, help them understand why mm-hmm. they're dealing with what they're dealing with mm-hmm. today and, and what that can really mean for them. And, and when you're able to do that, you're your client's best friend. It's best like friend. best friend. friend in the world, right? That like, I cannot live without this person. He or she is so much more than a number cruncher. We are so much more than number crunchers. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because yeah. I believe that more money pros, more bookkeepers need a coach Denny in their lives, in their business. It is an investment that they have to make, whether it is a, a, a book that they buy, if that's the stage that they're at right now, I need to buy this book so I can just take this assessment and understand where I am. If it is, like you said, a, a single session with you to help give some insight, or if it's Let's work together for the next three to six months mm-hmm. and really, you know, help you hone in on some things and 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 not just understand what your strengths are, but figure out ways that you could really incorporate them in yeah. your day to day business. Yeah. Girl, like that's the magic. That's the magic. And How I just incorporate it. How does it go from a talent to a true strength? And that's the other thing, right? It's a list of talents until you actually add skill and experience to it to make it a strength. You have Mm -hmm. to do something with it to make it a strength. And once you do that, like a strength is like near perfection. Like that's when you're in your zone of genius. Like I can hit this, I can hit this basket every time I shoot. um, It's nothing but net. Every team, every single time it's Steph Curry with this one. I that's love it. When, that's when you've cultivated to a strength. When when you're in flow. And yeah. listen, this is the Spark Hustle Flow right. podcast, right? Like there's a purpose. There's a reason for my brand name, right? You mm-hmm. have an idea. You do the work that's going to get you to where you want to be. And then when you hit flow, baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's you amazing. hit flow, 
it creates so much ease. It, it relieves so much stress. Yeah. Yeah. When I finally stopped trying to do, do it the way everybody else was doing it mm-hmm. and just finally said, all right, listen, I took a break. I mean, there were, there were a few months where I just didn't even post nothing on social. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I just took a break. Like, you know what? I don't, I don't even, I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. Let me just, let me just figure this, let me figure this part out. Mm-hmm. you know and for for a little bit my strengths were getting in my way the strategic and the futuristic had me swirling planning mm-hmm. planning I had a flip chart full of offers mm-hmm. and then finally I remember one of my coaches said which one what can you do to make money right now money generating activities mm-hmm. and, and I've had like had a couple coaches one said stop thinking and start doing stop thinking and start mm-hmm. sell, go sell something mm-hmm. and, and what's what of all these things on your to-do list which ones can make you money Mm-hmm. And once I remind, like I had a sticky, mm-hmm. focus on what makes money, focus on money. Generating. Right. And, again, and, and I my, my first 10 K month. And my two were my, my two kind of like axioms or, or mantras were, were, were closest to the dollar, right? Always work closest to the dollar and sales before spreadsheets, Mm-mm-mm. sales before spreadsheets. If you don't get your head out of that QuickBooks file and out of that Excel file and go talk to some people yes, and sell your services, like you could play in QuickBooks and Excel all day long all day. and not make a dime. Honey, I, I put my pen out. I, I started drawing circles and, and diamonds and all sorts of stuff. Got the flow chart, got mm-hmm. the customer journey, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, 25 offers in my in my mind right now. No clue how to sell any of them. Mm-hmm, Don't worry mm-hmm. about that. Go sell something. Go, Go sell, sell the one thing. Go, Go sell, sell the one thing or the two things or whatever so that you can afford, <laughs> so that you can afford to dream this big. Right. You know, right. You can afford to figure out the rest of the stuff. Exactly. So you can invest in yourself and get mm-hmm. the the help that you need mm-hmm. uh, to level up, right? Mm-hmm. To really truly level up in in your business and so girl this has been so good we were supposed to be on for 30 (laughs) minutes max but I had this feeling that this was going to happen and it has been incredible incredible you guys do a listen I'm a talker too so (laughs) the two of us together we could I told you we could be here for two hours but I'm not gonna let you do that I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that to your family so listen how can someone in our audience, how can they reach out to you? How can they get in contact with you? Where do you hang out? Give me all of the details. Yes, you can find me on all places social at Coach Denny, D-N-I, the letter B, Coach Denny B on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, although I don't know the last time I tweeted anything, Um, but I'm there. Um, You can find me there. And then if you're on LinkedIn is where I hang out the most. It's Denitra Sparrow, so D-E-N-I-T-R-E-S-S-E-F-E-R-R-E-L-L. Um, my website is denitrasparrow.com. You could just find me. Hit me in the inbox. If you got any questions about your strengths, if you've taken the assessment, let's talk about it. I offer one-off super sessions. It's the only thing that I offer on a one, you know, one-time basis. It's sort of the lowest price thing in my mm-hmm. in my repertoire. Um, but I'm happy to do it because I think it's so powerful, um, especially for business owners. Um, 
it was the one thing that I had for smallest business, small business owners when I, when I rolled it out. Um, and then also, I don't know, Kim, we should probably talk about perhaps maybe a group, a, a group workshop for your folks, you know, I think I'm that that could be a really like good idea. I think that could be a really good idea. My brain is already percolating on that. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, I, I think that there's, um, a lot of potential in doing something like that. You and I have to get together kind of offline and talk about that. But, um, but this has been phenomenal. This has been, I think this is such a great start. And by the time it goes live, we'll probably have figured out that, that workshoppers, you know? Um, And so when you guys, listen to this episode, make sure to check out the show notes because we're going to put so many things in the show notes for you. We're going to talk, we'll we'll share with you how you can get your hands on Gay Hendricks book, The Big Leap. We'll talk about how you can find out what your strengths are using um, Coach Denny's. I, I think that there's a link that you probably have as a, as a coach where you can walk people through the assessment. We'll get all of that from you um, as well as all of your links and how people can reach out to you because we just need you in our lives, girl. We just need you. We just need you. So you guys stay tuned because something good is coming in. I'm not going to promise when, but um, not only is, is Coach Denny and I, we, we travel kind of in the same circles online, but we travel in the same circles locally. Yes. Uh, we're actually uh, semi-neighbors, like yeah. neighborhoods. So if I ever need her, I know where to find her, y'all. Right so if, if you guys can't find her, you, you know where to find <laughs> me and I'll find her for you. So <laughs> this has been so awesome. I'm going to let you go. Thank so you. Thank fun. you. Thank you so much. So, Thanks so, for so much. Me. This has been great. All right, you guys, that's a wrap for this episode. I'm going to see you next week and talk to you about something else that will be just as incredible. But in the meantime, as always, be proactive, be productive, be profitable, and you guys have a great rest of your week. Ciao. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other money pros just like you find the show and learn too. And if you want to hear more from me, follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels and subscribe to my newsletter at sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter to get regular updates on what's happening in my world, weekly business development tips, and personal lessons I'm learning that can help you too. Again, that's Spark Hustle flow.com backslash newsletter. That's it for this week. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, and be profitable. See you next week.